you only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, and ultimately that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tula. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. Since we've all been yeah, together. It's been a while. But interesting, necessary topic today. But before we get into that, our book giveaway is still going on. That's right. It's still open. Now, details are on the podcast before this one. So you can enter your name three times, but you got to follow the instructions on how to do that. It's a three-minute podcast. I think, I think you guys can listen to it. Yeah, it's like three minutes. Super short. Yeah. That's right. But we have had a lot of people already turn their names yeah. in and, 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 and enter that giveaway. And it's a great book. Um, we, uh, AG and I, well, we tried to read as much of it on the plane ride back as we could until we hit turbulence, and then it made that underlining and reading difficult as the plane was vibrating. I don't do turbulence, man. I can't. I can't. You, you would not have done well. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, on I'm the flight a, back. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of heights. I'm not a big fan of flying, uh, generally speaking, and so uh, I, I, I don't do turbulence well. I tend to uh, to kick 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 people in front of me and grab people next to me. It's uh, slightly embarrassing. Fun fact, uh, and I didn't tell you this until I don't know why I'm telling you now. The plane that we flew back on is the Boeing seven thirty seven Max. Right. Yeah, I picked up on that. And Sunday the tenth, after we get back, uh, there was a, a, a Ethiopian Airlines, I think it was, same. Airplane, model number, maker, yeah. uh, crash, and that's the second one in the last six months. Yep. Not in, in, in the United States, but uh, elsewhere because of some faulty software. I'm glad I didn't know that um, yeah. when we got on that well, plane coming back. It was funny because when we got on the plane, we were like, Oh, this is newer. It's, it's a new this plane. Nice. Like, there's a lot of room. <laughs> like, I can stretch my legs out. Yeah. You can, can kind of connect that to theology, actually. Hey! New is not always good. And it's when it comes to Scripture and Revelation, new is never, never good. good. That's, never right. Good. That's right. That's right. That's right. So... Did you see that? Did that's you a good segue. <laughs> My man. Yeah. Because today's topic is the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm. So we're going to be diving in to basically sola scriptura. Mm. 
what what a beautiful doctrine it is. Amen. I mean, I mean, all all other doctrines uh, flow from it. Mm-hmm. We we have our doctrine of of faith alone. We have our doctrine of Christ alone. Doctrine of uh, grace alone. Mm. We we have these other doctrines because they flow from Scripture alone. That's right. That's right. That's and right. Now the thing is, today, well, w- w- we see it today because we live today, but. There has always been a tax on the Word of God, mm. on the sufficiency, on the authority, the inerrancy. Um, Satan is always continuously attacking the Word of God. And we see this all the way in the beginning mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter 3. That's right. That's right. So, uh, I mean, if, the, if, if y'all want to start there in Genesis chapter 3. So if you're listening and you want to turn your Bibles to chapter 3. Please do. Yeah, we'll start there. To quote Mr. Seinekin, just so you know, we're not pulling things out of our can here. That's right. Go, somebody want to read uh, Genesis 3? We'll, we'll, we'll see here what Satan does to God's Word. Yeah, uh, AG, you want to read it? Sure. Now, we are reading out of the ESV. The elect standard version. Elect well, standard you, you version. guys are. Oh, yeah, you've got the NASV. Yep. That's cute. <clears throat> Chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be, uh, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Hmm. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and, <clears throat> and made themselves loincloths. Yeah. <clears throat> so we see um, right there, the, the, uh, as, as Dr. Steve Lawson would say, don't you hear the hiss, the hiss of the serpent, the hiss of the serpent um, when he questions the very words of God. Um, you know, we see that in verse three. Um, so, uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, excuse me, verse, uh, verse, verse one, um, indeed has God said, and then look what happens to Eve. She tries to quote God's words mm-hmm. and she twists them. She twists them. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and then, so, and then Satan goes in for the kill. Mm-hmm. Oh, you won't, you won't die. Check this out. That's right. So, and we still see this very thing happening today. It's, it's <clears throat> and, and most, most dangerous uh, theology that's out there is not going, they're not, it's not going to be someone denying the, uh, the deity of Christ. It's not going to be someone that's, T- most people are not going to be saying they are receiving revelation from God. There are those people out there, but most most teachings that that are dangerous are dangerous because 
they're they're kind of half truth. They're 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 just they just take God's words and they just twist them a little bit. And and some people may do it by accident because they just don't know. And some people may be doing it for some type of gain. Uh, but we know that Satan. We know what he's doing. We know why he's doing it is because he wants God's people to be led astray and to question what God has already said, just as he does right here with, with Eve, right? If he, can get, if he can get God's people to doubt and question what God has truly said by, by, by taking something and just twisting a little bit, which Colossians would call a plausible argument, mm-hmm. right? Where it sounds good, right, it sounds right, right, right. Uh, but it's but it's not true. It's it's ultimately if you twist God's word at all, now it's a hundred percent not true. Well, there and, is no really such thing as a half truth when it comes to God's word. Either it's what He said or it's not what He said. Well, and we see that everywhere. L- look at look at these uh, l- look at the strategies for church growth. Right, um, and 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 the whole the, the 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 title of this conversation today is the f- sufficiency of Scripture. Um, we there there are constantly people out there, and and God forbid any of us ever do that. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that constantly twist um, Scripture or leave things out of Scripture or just don't even consult Scripture mm-hmm. at all because of the mentality that we have. Um, which is from the devil um, it's, uh, himself, um, that Scripture's not enough, mm-hmm. that we need more. We need experience. And we see that from ev- everywhere, from, from church growth mm-hmm. to those who are in the extreme charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, something that, that, that stands out to me um, is Second Peter. When Peter's recounting what happened at the Mount of Transfiguration, but his response after that is, but there is a more sure word. There yeah. is something to be desired more now, especially in this age, in the church age, more than miracles, signs, and wonders. That is the word mm-hmm. of God. That's right. That's right. And, and <clears throat> ultimately, ultimately, not being true to God's word or believe or not believing what God has revealed in scripture is actually a direct attack on the person of God. Amen. It's a it's a it's a direct attack on the being and the essence of God. You're saying that what God has spoken is not true mm. and therefore God is not true, right? His spirit is the one who is inspired all of scripture and the spirit is the one who reveals the truth of scripture to people and if you say if you take something that is in scripture and you manipulate it you are saying that you have the power and authority to manipulate the person and the authority of God himself well and and that that kind of brings me to you know 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about who can know the mind of uh, of the spirit except the spirit. The, the scripture um you know one of the big things in the, in the I think it was the 70 yeah the late 70s with the inerrancy summit, right? Mm-hmm. is um is is there were so many people that were arguing just like you said Nick to 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 start us off it's these little 
twisting nuances, saying that um, uh, you know that 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 the Bible is purely written by human beings. It is the Holy Spirit inspired and inerrant word of God. The same word that breathes stars into existence breathed this book and breathed salvation into us. So to to say that it is just a human tra- it's just human tradition is saying that the mind of Christ, the mind of God, the mind of the Spirit is not sufficient. Mm-hmm. It's not inerrant. And we need more than that. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. 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 And 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 there and, and we'll and I know we'll we'll get to this at some point too, but there there's an apologetic here too. Yeah. There, this is this is a, this is where this is just where we we need to uh when we are uh making a defense for the reason for the hope that is in us, we should never ever abandon scripture because our presupposition is revelation. That's right. When we when you start from revelation that this is the revelation of God, when we start there, we can never leave there. Mm-hmm. We can never leave there. And 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 I love I love the way Dr. White talks about this, but uh, I'm just gonna read Second Timothy yeah. three three six three sixteen and um Uh, maybe I can go up above. Yeah, that. I was gonna say fifteen. Yeah, let's go to fourteen. But but as for you, continue in what you have learned, having firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with these sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay. Well, the scriptures are able to make you wise. For salvation. That is saying that the scriptures are sufficient to bring someone to salvation by the work of the Holy Spirit. Because we Jesus is how we the Bible is how we know. Revelation of God is how we know we can be saved. There, there is no salvation apart from the Bible because we don't know how to be saved apart from the Bible. Psalm 19, Psalm 19, 7. Um, and I I spent last night, um, and uh, you guys that are listening can't see this, but these guys can. One, two, three, four, five pages of notes of just seven verses of Psalm 19. Yeah. Psalm 19, there are many theologians that say that it is the most concise and the, the most direct treatment on the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. And Psalm 19, 7 says the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring or converting or transforming the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Now, what that means, the simple are those who um, are constantly an open door. They don't know when to close the door. They're undiscerning. They don't understand. They don't get it. Scripture, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is what makes wise, the simple, teaches them how to live doctrinally, teaches them how to live in their character and conduct and all things related to life and to godliness. Found in uh, James and John and Peter and Andrew, yeah, all of these men. Yep. These, men were, these men were simple. Mm-hmm. They're fishermen. Yes. They, 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 they were not learned, but, but when you get to the book of Acts... Man, when you get to the book of Acts, people see these men and the wisdom that they have as unlearned men 
as men who have no education at all. And the depth of wisdom that they have is because they've been revealed the word of God. It's because Jesus gave them his word. He spoke to them, and no one ever spoke like that man. But, But also go back to when Jesus appeared to them on the road to Emmaus, what did he do? He opened their eyes to understand the scriptures. That's right. That's right. So, That's so, right. so, so, when someone says that, um, someone says that that Peter and Paul and the disciples, they they didn't worry about the Old Testament. Well, you haven't read the Book of Acts then, yeah. Yeah. or you've taken the Book of Acts and you've turned it and you've turned it into some. You, I don't. Know. You've done exactly what Satan did That's in right. the Garden and continues to do to this day. That's right. And you are a tool of the enemy. Right. Repent. What did, what did Paul please. do when he went to Athens and he's in the Sorry. marketplace or he goes into the synagogues? He's reasoning from the scriptures. That's right. That's right. Be- because they're reasonable. That's right. <laughs> because That's right. because God is a God of reason. Yeah. And he's a he is a he is a God that if he has revealed something to you, then you will know it to be true and and it will make it will make sense. That's what we call objective truth. That's right. It, it, it's That's rational right. and it's reasonable. That's right. And I just I love this word and I love that Dr. White uses it. Scripture is theanustas. Yes. Right? Scripture is breathed out by God, literally exhaled. Mm-hmm. Right? Literally, it is breath. Which, by the way, in the Old Testament, God's breath is the same word in Hebrew is spirit. That's right. Right? Which is ruach. Okay? I think. <laughs> if, I, if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that the word breath is ruach, and it is the same word for spirit in Hebrew. So all Scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, is breathed out mm. by God. Amen. And profitable for teaching. That's what you said about Psalm, right? Psalm 19. It is. It makes. It makes reasonable those things to people who are unlearned, mm-hmm. uh, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, or rebuke, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Right. And 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 we need to be rebuked. Yeah. Christians need to be rebuked. Absolutely. That that's this is this is semper reformanda is what this is. We, we should always be being reformed by the scriptures, yep. by, by, by this, because it is God who has revealed it, and he is the one who has given his objective truth to us so that we may be molded and shaped and chiseled by it. Check out the end of Psalm 19. I'm all about Psalm 19 right now. That's probably going to be the majority of what I say today. Towards the end of that chapter, uh, let's see, verse 11. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. We'll come back to that. Also, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me, then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. So let's go back to that real quick. Verse 12. Acquit me of hidden faults, the sins I didn't know I committed, the sins I have failed or have not confessed and repented of, uh, the sins that were not premeditated. And then it keeps going. Also, 
keep back your servant from the presumptuous sins, mm-hmm. the sins that we did on purpose, the sins that we did on purpose, mm-hmm. the way that we looked at God and shook our fist at him and said, no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, okay. it's, it, is, it is profitable for all of that. And when we live by the word, if our desire is to know the truth, hold on to the truth, and proclaim the truth, there is great reward. There is great protection. Mm-hmm. So for those who would say, well, man, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. You need to quit being such a Bible man. You know, you, you want to be a Bible man. You sure. do want to be a Bible man. To say that knowing the truth of God is not is not a spiritual gift is false. Mm-hmm. It's erroneous. Mm-hmm. It's a cop out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I think I think go and and I love how I love how I love how Second Timothy here is interplaying with with Psalm nineteen. I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, I just I think it's a beautiful picture uh, of how God has revealed His Word um, uh, perfectly, but. Um, I think that le- I think that leads to there are the sins that we we didn't know about, right? There are the sins that we do know about. Yeah. Well, well, the well, God's word illuminates both of those, mm. and 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 part of what part of what Second uh, Timothy says is there's there there needs to be correction, there needs to be rebuke. Well, who who likes to be rebuked? No one. Who who likes to be corrected? <laughs> That's why people abandon scripture yeah. mm-hmm. is, is because because they don't want to they don't want to feel the rebuke of God in their own life. That's right. They don't they don't want to feel that. They, they 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 don't want to have to face the fact that they they have done something that that is that there's cause for correction to be made. Mm-hmm. And and that leads into what Chris was saying earlier about, you know, people going outside of the of the of the power and authority of scripture and and going outside the belief that the spirit can wield wield the sword of God which is his word and pierce people to down into their soul that, that that's abandoning that that hurts when God's word pierces you down in your heart because the spirit is wielding yes. it, that is painful. Yes. And people don't want to feel that. And so when people get uncomfortable, what what do they do? They're like, "Oh, well, then we don't we don't need to talk about that then." Then we, then we don't we, we don't need to do that. We just need we need to make people feel good. We need to make people feel comfortable. We need to make people feel good. We need them to enjoy what it is whatever it is coming to church. They we need to, they need to enjoy it. Well, no. For the Christian, the Christian life hurts, yeah. because because we're still sinners and we still offend God, and the Spirit still wields the sword that still pricks us down in depth in the depth of our soul and our heart, and that hurts. But man, that's where that's where we need to be is on our faces, coming back to the foot of the cross, that's and right. that's what God's word does. Yeah. Is God word God's word brings us back to the foot of the cross after we feel the weight of the correction and rebuke that the Word has given us. Hebrews 4, right? Verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's painful. It hurts. Rebuke hurts. But take heart. If the Lord is chastising you, mm. you're his child. That's right. It's when he stops. That's Hebrews again, right? Yep. It's when he stops and gives you over mm. to that depraved mind mm-hmm. 
that's when you need to get worried. And and it's and it's not after you sinned, no. right? It says it says that the word judges the intent mm-hmm. of your heart, right? That goes to Sermon on the Mount, right? Yep. I mean, if you if you even look at a woman, right, lustfully, you've already committed adultery. What in your heart? heart. Well, the the word is what exposes that. The, the the sword that the spirit wield is what exposes that in your heart, right? And and I and I love I love what Chris said. He was talking about um a book he was reading th- by Thomas uh, Watson and about how it's a hammer, how the word is a hammer. Well, hey man, I hear I I love Piper's the way that he talks about it as the a sword that the spirit wields that carves away the hard dead parts of our heart, right? So that the spirit, so that we will become more sensitive to the work of the word, as as the word does its job and it carves away those areas that are hard of heart, that 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 there is no sensitivity to God or the spirit, or or where we we have blind spots to our yeah. sin. As those things get carved away by the by the spirit, we will we will more and more have more sensitivity at, to the word, and then. This is this is sanctification we're talking about here, right? This is we are talking about sanctification. The word is how we are sanctified. That is absolutely right. That's we're sanctified by the word of God. Yeah, by the Spirit wielding the word in our hearts. Well, and look at and going back to uh, the Thomas Watson uh, quote that was out of Jeremiah twenty three, um, where he talks about that. But but listen to what else he says, and he t- he talks about. Um, you know, and us talking about the sufficiency of Scripture, um, this is uh, this is used to, as far as the Scriptures, um, and he says this, uh, section three, it condemns the enthusiasts who pretend to have the Spirit, lay aside the whole Bible, and says the Scripture is a dead letter, and they live above it. What impudence is this? Listen to this. Listen to this. Till we are above sin, we shall not be above Scripture. Mm. Let not men talk of a revelation from the Spirit, but suspect to be an imposter. The Spirit of God acts regularly. It works in and by the Word. And that He pretends to a new light, which is either above the Word or contrary to it, abuses both Himself and the Spirit. His light is borrowed from Him who transforms Himself into an angel of light. Man, amen, somebody. Yeah. That's if you awesome. can't say amen, yeah, yeah, that 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 hurts right there. That does hurt. So till we we are not above the word. The word is above us. That's right. That's right. It That's is right. what judges us. Yeah. And and listen, here's the truth of the matter: is everybody's under everybody's under absolutely. The word. It, you, you and I tell my seventh graders this. You don't have to believe the Bible is true. You don't even have to believe God exists. You're still under his word. That's right. It doesn't matter. You, you, you can be an atheist. You're still under his word. Yep. You, you, don't, you don't have to believe it for it to, be, to make something true. We have an objective truth whether somebody affirms it or not. We all are under God's word. We all are under his law. Mm. Unless, unless, it, unless the law has been fulfilled on our behalf. Uh, and we have been brought to faith in Jesus. Boom. Yeah, I think it's important to uh, just throw it out there that if you claim to be in Christ, 
then you must submit to and embrace the authority of Scripture. Well, that was that's part of the Great Commission. That's part of the Great Commission. Go and teach them to obey all that I have commanded right. you. And how do yep. you know what he has commanded you? You know it because of, the, because of what he spoke. That's right. You know, Jesus, what, did you, what, what I have commanded you, Jesus is the word. What I have said, you are to go and teach people to obey that, mm-hmm. right? Everyone from, right. All, from all nations, That's right? right? It's, it, it's everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone is, everyone is to submit to that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, and even getting into when people will say, uh, you know, all we need is the resurrection of Christ. Well, how do you know about that? How do you know what, what Jesus did on the cross? How do you know how you're to live your life? How do you know as a man how you are to raise and lead your family? Well, how do you know that the resurrection happened? Why was it needed? That's right. Mm-hmm. Why was the resurrection needed? Who was Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you, w- without knowing the Word, without knowing Scripture, you, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The Ta- resur- resurrection is non, a non-negotiable for the Christian faith. We would all say that. Yep. But that's a, that's about a sixth of the gospel. That's that's on, that's on, that's only a small portion of the gospel. Resurrect from what? From the dead. From the dead. Why, why? Why did he die? Well, where did he come from before he died? Well, where's what's happening after the resurrection? Like there, that's it's an incomplete gospel to just to just say that the resurrection is all that matters. And hey, we we all we all affirm that the resurrection is. Integral, 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 integral. <laughs> this is happening. This is really happening. On necessary. It's it was, there. It is yes. <laughs> necessary. We need a thethorth. To the to the to, to the. I just need to learn how to speak. Uh, it's necessary to the Christian faith. We all agree with that, right? Yep. But it's but it's it's an in, it's incomplete. Oh, Jesus! Jesus predicted his own resurrection, and it happened. That's great. But like, what? Why was his his death isn't important? How he came into this world wasn't important. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the gospel. The gospel is the, the gospel starts in eternity past, not at the resurrection. Yeah. But I, I mean, also, how do we know about ourselves? That's how true. do we know about yeah. our relationship yeah. Yeah. to God? Yeah. Right. Because if you ask non, I mean, and Ray Comfort does this when he goes out on the streets. Do you believe you're a good person? Everyone believes they're a good person. Sure. It's only by the scriptures. God speaking through His Word, through the Scriptures, that you go, uh, you're dead in mm-hmm. your trespasses and sin. You're you're actually wicked. Mm-hmm. Your heart is wicked. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and let's take that a step further. Now, going back to Psalm 19, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Okay, so we see such a huge push, um, and have for for a number of years now, for psychology. Uh, medication when it comes to uh, w- w- when it comes to, to mental disorders. Um, now, not not downplaying what anyone is physically walking through, um, and anybody who knows me knows exactly why I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I won't get into that here, but so many times we, as a society, even in the evangelical church, are told to run to self-help, self-esteem, girl, wash your face. We are told to run to those things. And all we're doing, because we're told, run to those things and they will give you joy. Mm. Not according to Scripture. Mm. According to God's Word, His precepts are right, rejoicing the heart. Mm. You're depressed, you're anxious, you're struggling with 
any of anything to do with a, any kind of mental disorder, if you run from Scripture, you're running from true joy. You are sprinting away from it. Mm-hmm. You want to find joy. You want to know what, what God's Word says on how you should live. Who, just like you said, who are we? Yes, who are we? Depraved, wretched sinners in need of a Savior. But, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but God. That's right. That's because, right. Because where That's else right. do we find our... Because what that does, that brings us to our lowest point once we realize right. who we are, and we go, man... I can't do anything. Right. You're right. You can't. Right. But God. Right. He did. So after the point of salvation, justification, sanctification, go listen to the Ordo Salutis if you haven't, okay? Um, after that process, Scripture doesn't just stop there. His precepts, again, Second Peter, we've been given everything we need as it pertains to life, sorry, and godliness. Yeah. <clears throat> everything. I got, go I got it. I got it right here. Hey, Lou. Uh, we didn't plan that. Second Peter, Second uh, Peter, uh, starting in verse three, uh, chapter one, His divine power has granted to us—that is, the elect, right? The, That's right. The, the section of this is called "Confirm Your Calling and Election." His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him mm. who called us. That's right. To His own glory. That's right. And excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing text of Scripture there. Like, we, we, are, called, uh, we are called by God and... Through this calling, he there's a granting of everything that we need to live a life that is obedient to mm-hmm. God, yep. and and it is for His glory and His excellence by which He has granted us to be partakers of His nature, the divine nature, the mm. divine person is is dwelling inside of believers. That's joy. That's where joy is, and and that person that is dwell, indwelling all believers is the Spirit who wrote the Bible. First John one four, these things I have written to you that your joy may be full or complete. That's right. Again, That's right. these things that have been written to you, mm. run and, and, and that's to not it. that's not happiness. That's joy. joy. That's right. Because joy is eternal. Because you can go through circumstances that make you very unhappy, but with the Spirit dwelling inside you and what Christ has done and the hope that lies before you of where you will end up in worshiping the Father for eternity, that is joy. Listen listen to this. Listen to this. This is Thomas Watson again. If you guys don't have the book, A Body of Divinity, you're missing out, by the way. That may have to be a book giveaway in the future. There is a melody in Scripture This is that blessed harp which drives away sadness of spirit. Hear the sounding of this harp a little. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He took not only our flesh upon him, but our sins. Matthew 11.28, Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
I love this right here. How sweetly does this harp of Scripture sound? What heavenly music does it make in the ears of a distressed sinner? Especially when the finger of God's Spirit is what touches this instrument. Man. We can't, we can't have Christianity apart from the Bible. We, we can't. There is, there, is no, there is no true joy. There is no true hope. There is no salvation apart from the Bible. Um, and, and we all, as believers, back to 2 Timothy, mm. we, should, we should welcome rebuke from the Scriptures. Yes. As painful as it is, we should welcome it. If you, if you go to a church that preaches the gospel and you walk out of your church on Sunday mornings feeling convicted of sin, that's a good sign. Yep. yep. That's a good sign, yep. number one, that the Spirit is in you and working. Number two, that your church is preaching the gospel. And number three, it's a sign that... The scripture has authority over you to reveal your sin and your shortcomings and also the remedy for those sin and shortcomings. That's it. That's it. And, and ultimately, that conviction that you receive from the preaching of the word, from the rebuke of the scriptures, should drive you into deeper worship mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And should drive you to should drive you to study the scriptures even more. I mean, it should, it should drive you deeper into God's word, because the the scriptures are about a triune God, right? And and Jesus is the revelation of that triune God, the full revelation of that triune God. And Jesus is the Spirit's main role is to point us to Jesus, and and we want to grow closer in our relationship to Jesus. Right, and and the way that we do that, the way that we grow closer in our relationship to Jesus, Jesus is we read His Word and we seek Him more, and we allow we allow the Spirit to bring us back to the feet of the only one that can repair what's been done. That's right. It's not about shutting off your mind and attempting to transcend into the divine, right? Because we can't do that. You, all you can do is transcend in the pits of hell if you're trying to do that. Because ultimately, that's all that's in your mind apart from God's Spirit and God's Word. Right. The, the only way to know who God is, what God has done, is by His Word. Mm-hmm. Well, and ultimately, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, um, and we, we, we heard um, live and in person, there's the garage, folks. There's the garage. Um, we heard this at Shepherds. Um, uh, you know, here you have a, a man and John MacArthur who's been at the same church for 50 years preaching the word faithfully for 50 plus years, okay? Um, and one of the things that you'll hear often, well, if all you're doing is reading the Bible, if all you're doing is studying theology, if all you're doing is studying Scripture, all it's going to do is turn you into a hard-hearted, cage-stage-filled fundamentalist. When the opposite is true, it's going to humble you if you allow the word of God to do what it's meant to do in your lives, rebuke you and conform you, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, into the image of Christ, it's going to turn you into a servant. It's going to make you look more like Jesus, which is the whole point of sanctification. Oh, that's right. I mean, that's, that's Romans 8.29, right? 
Yep. Uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the, the image of his son. son. I mean, that's that's the that's the that's the purpose of salvation is to is for God's people to look like the one who saved them, right? Yep. Uh, so yeah. let's um let, let's talk for a minute too about some of the some of the uh, attacks that we've seen on the sufficiency of Scripture throughout mm-hmm. the years. Um, and, um, I mean, obviously we, we, we started with, uh, with Genesis, uh, at creation. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that, um, and, 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 and of course we see that all throughout, um, the, the story of scripture, mm-hmm. um, that, that's in there, but more from a modern standpoint, I'd say within the last 50 years, mm-hmm. what are some of the attacks that we've seen on the either inerrancy infallibility or sufficiency of scripture? Well, you see higher textual criticism. Okay. Guys like Bart Ehrman, mm-hmm. who will come out and say uh, that we we don't have the originals. We have copies of copies of copies, mm-hmm. w- and we don't know what the original says. Mm-hmm. And you can't hide from those things. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. That's one of the. That's one of the things I really appreciate about Doctor White is he, he doesn't hide from those things. No, he, no. He, he deals. He deals with textual criticism mm-hmm. head on. We as Christians, we can't hide from it. I mean, I mean, there, there are, there are, there are scribal errors in certain manuscripts. I mean, there are issues that need to be dealt with. But overall, we would have, we would have to say, if we, if we believe that the Scripture is revelation, when we start from that presupposition, which all believers should, okay, if we start from that that point, and we believe we trust that God is sovereign, which He is. We we can believe and trust that he will not allow his word to be corrupted over time. Now now and let's just a- let's just address some of these uh, places in scripture that we know are um, they're they're not original mm-hmm. to scripture, right? Like mm-hmm. the Pericope adultery, yep, the woman caught adultery, mm-hmm. right? That's it, it. Doesn't appear in our earliest, most reliable manuscripts of John. That's right. There's one where one manuscript it appears in Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those that kind of bounces around until sure. it finds a home. Mm-hmm. We have another one, uh, the Comma Johannium, in First uh, John. Okay, there are three who testify. Mm-hmm. That appears in no manuscript, mm. and it doesn't appear in the text until Erasmus's third edition of his Greek New Testament. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know enough about textual criticism to really get into all that. But you know, I know, I know there, I, I know, I know, I know there are issues with the Textus Receptus, and the, you can get into the King James only guys, and uh, you know, all, all of that, and and just how their arguments are self defeating, basically, and uh, you can't, they're they're just they're just they're just holding on for dear life and won't listen to anything else when really when really you have guys like uh, Erasmus who they are just clinging to who there are there are clearly mis uh, representations of the of the text in his Greek New Testaments they're, they're they're just clinging to them as much as they possibly can even though there it's not in anything else um, because it just fits what they want it fits the fact that they mm. just want the King James to be their their thing and uh, and they're willing to they're willing to they're willing to die on that hill for some reason um, and saying that there are no other inspired texts and and even though Erasmus would never ever ever say that he expected his Greek New Testament to be an authoritative version of the scriptures. 
because he didn't give a rat's butt about the book of Revelation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He didn't care about. It. He didn't care about the book of Revelation. There are all, he, all multiple he, issues in the book of Revelation. He had to pull out uh, the text because he didn't have a manuscript for it. He had to pull out a, a friend's commentary mm. and, and pull out the text from there. Yeah, and translate. Yeah, um, but. Um, so I, w- I would say I would say some of the issues that we see about the authority of Scripture that are really that are uh, we talk about over the last fifty years. I- I'm just gonna I'm just gonna address one that's I would say is a huge issue right now. Well, let me b- yeah. before you get there, let me yeah. just throw this in real quick because we were talking about the textual sure. criticism. Sure, thing. sure. Um, just uh, as a word of comfort, right? Dan Wallace mm-hmm. oh, yeah. has said that we have with the with. The scripture with with the Bible, we have a thousand piece puzzle and we have one thousand one hundred pieces, mm-hmm. which is better than having a thousand piece puzzle mm-hmm. and only having nine hundred pieces. That's right. <clears throat> so so we can take comfort in that that we have God's word mm-hmm. and we know what it is He's revealing to us. That's right. And 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 just just the overall arc of of scripture. There is no textual variant that's going to change that. That's right. No, no. There is, there is, there is no textual, and and so I want to make sure that we say that. And I'm not trying to cop out here. You know, I'm not trying to cop out, and I don't know enough about it to deal with it. To to deal with it in the original languages, I don't know the original Greek. I don't, I I don't know Hebrew. I can't, I can't deal with those things on on a level as some of these guys can. But I want to, I want to make sure that we say this, and this has got to be clear. The arc of Scripture is not changed by a textual variant. Amen. The arc of Scripture is the same. God, before the foundation of the world, laid out his plan of redemption of a people and how he was going to accomplish that plan of redemption, and he accomplished it all the way to the very end, and the only part we are waiting for is the consummation and the glorification that comes at the end of of time or at the end of the life of believers, and that is we know that, and there is no textual variant that is going to change the arc of that of that story of redemptive history that God has laid out for us. So, what about those who say that? Um, and this may be where you were going to go. I don't know where you were going to go with uh, one of the biggest ones, but uh, the divine authority from Scripture comes from the church. Yeah, that was Rome's position uh, yep. before the Reformation, and that's not where I was going to go. But it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's where because Rome was sola ecclesia. The yep. church is the authority over Scripture, right. yep. and the point of the Reformation uh, was to bring the church back to Scripture alone. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, you know we can take a trip back to uh, what is it, fifteen twenty one. The Diet of Worms, yep. when Martin Luther was called to recant his writings. Right. And what did he say? He says, unless I am convinced Vince, by Scripture yep, yep, and plain yep. reason, I, I, I cannot recant. That's right. And he, and, you know, and, and he wouldn't, you know, and he was willing to die for that. Yep. And, and Here so, I stand, and, I can do no other. And, and, so, and so many other people did die for that. Yeah. Absolutely. They, 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 and, and you see, they're saying that, you know, people want to say, well, they died for, you know, they died for, you know, Calvin. I mean, what the heck, man? Like, no, as Christians, we should be willing to die for the authority of Scripture. That's right. To stand on the authority Amen. of Scripture, Amen. and that's what the Reform—that's that's all the Reformation was about. Was it about justification? Of course it was. Yeah. Was it about? Was it about? Was it about how we were made right before God? Absolutely, it was. But ultimately, how do we know we're made right before God? Sola Scriptura. Scriptura. 
Sola Scriptura. Well, when the church is called the pillar of truth, that doesn't mean that the, that the pillar informs the truth. The pillar just holds it. The, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's the, what, that's the what church is the pillar. Watson was saying. And, 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 and it, it holds up scripture. Yeah. 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 And the church, just, just like each individual person is under scripture. So, so is the so church. Is, the so church. is the church. Right. Because the church is made up of people. People. Right? right. Fallible, fallible people mm-hmm. that, that, aren't, that aren't bringing any new revelation. So what were what were you gonna say? Uh, I would I, I'm I was gonna say even even more uh, recent than the Reformation. I, I was gonna bring up um, I was gonna bring up the fact that um, churches now there are churches now that it's it's become about like giving someone an experience, you know that that and I've mentioned it in another episode uh, uh, between our church and where I used to live. Where I work, there's a church that tells you the times on Sunday when they will have their worship experiences. And 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 let's talk about that. I I just can't. That that's that's not that's that's not what church is. And and that that the reason why I bring that up is to not harp on those churches. But it's this is this is an authority issue because those people. The people that preach in those churches, the people that lead those churches, the people that lead these seeker-sensitive movements, the people that are a part of these things, the reason why they do those things, they do big programs, they do big big things, they have you know petting zoos and uh, and 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 they have basketball courts and yeah, wrestling and, rings and, 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 and listen, those things aren't bad if you're preaching the real gospel. But when the but when when the when those things are replacing preaching the gospel, when those things are replacing replacing opening up the scriptures, that's that's where there's an issue. Is because if you want to have a petting zoo to get people to your to get people to your church so that you can exposit God's word and preach the gospel, that's awesome. But when but when you got a bouncy thing. And you got some petting zoos, and that's all you're doing because you just want people to come and have some popcorn and cotton candy. That's that's you. You're playing at that point. You're playing around. You're playing around with people's souls. With people, you're playing around with people, and because cotton candy has no authority to save someone. A goat. Petting, uh, petting a goat has no authority to save someone. Having your kid bounce on a bouncy thing has no authority to save someone. The, the scriptures are the authority wielded by the Spirit that have the power to save. That's, that's just the bottom line. And, th- and, and that is one of the issues that I see is a big problem in our current landscape of, of this church era, this postmodern secular feel good thing that that we're doing in this country right now churches are doing it too they're capitulating to society and society doesn't want anything to do with the bible and therefore churches are saying well then you can come here we don't really talk about the bible too much i mean we may give you throw a verse in here or there but you know that's we're 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 going to we're going to make you feel good well and ultimately when you when it when it boils down to the mentality of doing that it's it's to, 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 to gather more people. Well, why? If you're not going to give them the whole counsel of God, 
which that's the only inerrant and infallible person portion of your uh, gathering, experience, service, whatever you want to say. When God's word is proclaimed, that is the only thing you can stand on as far as being absolutely perfect in any gathering or worship service is when God's word is proclaimed and read. That's it. So if your whole goal with having a petting zoo, a bouncy house, a wrestling ring, a basketball goal is entertainment, if you start, Ephesians 5 says to make most use of the time because the days are evil. And I had this conversation um, with, with, with somebody um, uh, at, at, at a previous church I was at. Was it, This was a conversation and a battle over why I don't want to play secular songs for a worship service. And this was the response I got. Well, the next time someone hears that Mariah Carey song, they're going to think about church. No. No, they're, they're not. Gonna, no, they're going to think about whatever the Mariah Carey song is they're, about. You have their attention. Exhort them. Yeah. Teach the scriptures. Call their will to repentance, unbeliever and believer alike. Mm-hmm. Why would you waste that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not ascribing to God the glory deserved his name, worship, is not about what you get. Well, and, and I mean, in the answer, and, and that's that's the answer to the the question that we're asking about here is that they don't believe that the sufficiency is of yeah, scripture, that, and that's why because uh, people won't show up when the preacher gets up and he says, "Turn in your Bibles to you know whatever passage," but get a guy on stage that says. Let me tell you about what God showed me on, on the, the way, way here. here. Yeah, you know, and, and people will sit on the edge of their seats, be like, "You mean God did that? Oh, I want that." No, he didn't. And how, from childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. I'm back to 2 Timothy. The scriptures from childhood. Paul is telling Timothy in this section, I believe he's talking about the people. I believe he's talking about uh, Timothy's family, actually. Yeah, yeah, he is. His mother and grandmother. He's talking about his, his mother and grandmother and how they have raised him up in the admonition of the Lord. They, and, and that is sufficient. You don't even need a preacher to preach to you. First That's, John. First John talks about that. Yeah, you don't even need that. You, you don't even... To, to be made wise to salvation in Jesus Christ, you don't even need a preacher to preach the Bible to you. You just need to open the Bible. Timothy's grandmother and mother are the ones that led him to the Lord by giving him the sacred writings. This is a, this is a quote from John MacArthur, and, and you, you told me this yesterday, and I, and I went and looked for it because I wanted to read it <laughs> um, and underline it and circle it and memorize it, but I didn't do that yet. He's talking about, um, in this book, this book's called Final Word. It uh, just came out this year, and it's why we need the Bible. 
Um, and he's talking about the I- extreme charismatic movements. Um, uh, now, let's, let's just be clear. Yep. Not everyone yep. in the charismatic movement does this apply to. Correct. Because there are many in the charismatic movement that, that do hold to Scripture. Absolutely. And, and they will be able to expose it correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there are many in the charismatic movement as well that are sincere believers. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but there's a lot that are deceived. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm reading, I, I was just trying to give, I was just going to give some, giving some context to yeah. where the yeah. quote is, but mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, but this is true for all of us, mm. every one of us. Countless people under the influence of the charismatic movement are believing false claims of revelation and desperately looking for messages from God that they will never receive. And instead of the fresh revelation they've been promised, they receive messages of deception and false promises from the enemy, all while they hold a closed Bible in their hands. Mm -hmm. And that's not just true for the extreme charismatic movement. That's true for anything we need. In this life, we've said it multiple times. We we constantly run to everything else, all while doing this and holding this book closed instead of opening it up, diligently searching the scriptures. Acts seventeen uh, accounts the the Bereans as being righteous because they daily diligently search the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Any any person who's a believer is going to be deceived eventually if they're not grounded in Scripture. Yeah, I mean, right. you, 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 because <clears throat> you're putting your hope in you're putting your hope in other in in men to do what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. You, you, you should you should you find a should you have a good church and a pastor that preaches the gospel? Of course you should, but but that's not good enough. That's that's not good enough. You, you, we all need to be lapping up the as, words of scripture like a like dogs as a deer pants for the water so my soul longs after thee going back to psalm 19 verse 10 they being the scripture are more desirable than gold yes much more than fine gold sweeter also than the honey and the dripping of the honeycomb we should Look, if the only time that we as believers are in the word is when someone is preaching to us, we're, we are we're, we're going to be exposed. Yes. We're going we're, we're going to be we're going we're, we are exp- we're exposing ourselves to being led into something right. that that you you may not even know is going on. You 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 are you are not caring for your own soul the way that you ought. And and if you have a family, you're not caring for your family's souls the way that you ought, right? I mean, it's it, you have to. You have to. There is a battle going on. Thank you for saying that. There, listen, we are not in peacetime, That's right. Christians. You will never be in peacetime before the consummation of the kingdom of God. You will never be in peacetime. We will never be in peacetime. We are at war, and the war that we are engaged in requires us to fight. And this is your armor. And your armor is the sword that you wield as as a weapon against the deceiver is you wield the word. 
of 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 the Spirit that He inspired. First Peter, well, well, not, and, not, and Ephesians six. Yep, so Ephesians six. So first Peter, with yep, Scripture five. being the sword, it is our offensive weapon that we, we protect ourselves. We um, we can cut through the heart, right? But it is also to keep us grounded. Mm-hmm. Because back, say like back in Ephesians, right? It was a hilly in Ephesus is a hilly country, and a lot of times those swords were used uh, to to keep one anchored when going up uh, yeah. up a mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. So so this not only is to fight off, but it's also to keep us anchored. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, and when we, and, and we uh, I can't remember who said it now, but when we don't do that, what we're doing is laying it, laying it aside. Mm-hmm. It builds up rust, mm-hmm. uh, or, and, and, and we don't know how to use it. Yeah. We don't know how to wield it mm-hmm. when the time comes that we need to, That's right. and it will come. That's right. So, so let's get into some popular sayings that we've heard okay. from people. Like, All right. So, so the first popular <clears throat> saying. Shoot. Are we, saying na- are we saying names here? No. Okay. No. Uh, first popular saying, the scriptures are not God. Well, I mean, I kind of already talked about that. Uh, I, well, well, then I'll answer that. They are divine in their origin because of whose words they are and where they come from. That's right. Yes. So, 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 so we can't say. So, you, you might say, "Well, they're not God, and we don't worship." Well, how do you know about God? His word. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I dinged a little hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but they are divine in their origin because of whose words they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, First that, Corinthians, that, the mind of Christ, that's right. the yeah. Spirit, the mind of God. The mind of God is not lacking. Mm-hmm. So, Holy Scripture is how we are transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. It is <clears throat> faith comes by hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. For those who for those who have have ears to hear, how, why are we not listening? Right. For those for those who we we've been given his ear, right? It, it goes to Mark 4. It goes to Mark yes. 4 that, that where you know where Jesus tells the disciples, he says, "Pay attention what you hear." Well, what does that pay attention mean? It means you have an obligation to be studious and to be uh, constantly pondering and pontificating and meditating and studying God's word because you've been given ears to hear. That's right. Yep. You, you, you have to listen. Be, pay attention what you hear. Study what you've been revealed, and that's, that's the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So God, yeah, I mean, this is not God. God is not a physical thing that we can hold. Right. If that's, that's right. If that's what you mean, right? right? But I, I don't. I don't know what this person was saying. I. I, I don't. I don't know. What, I don't. I mean, to me, that sounds like a cop out. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like they got pinned into a corner and just decided they were gonna. They decided they were gonna say something, and they have no. They. They don't have any. Like they. Oh well, the spirit. Scripture's not God. Well, no, no, but. The scriptures are from God. That's right, and 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 they're revealed by God. They're right. God's very words. Right. So mm-hmm. their origin is God, and so it's half truth. It's a half truth. Yeah, that's yeah. a half truth. Yeah. yeah. So so that leads into the next popular saying: It's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. 
I think that yeah. that, that kind of goes back to what it's, we were it's, just saying. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I mean, not a, he's, the Bible's not a, a, a person in the Trinity. Right. The Bible's a thing. Right. The Trinity are people. They're right. persons. Well, well the, uh, what I see when I hear that is you're setting up a false dichotomy. That's right. Because because the it's either you got to have the Trinity or you got to have the Bible, and there can't be. That's right. So so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The scriptures are the working and the outpouring of the triune God through, uh, through the written word. Yep. Yes. Right? So how would you defend the Trinity if not for scripture? How would you know that God is triune if not for scripture? Well, I, I go back to something you said a, a little bit ago. How do we know who we are? That's right. How do we know how we are to be saved? Without scripture, at... Without Scripture in this world, all of us are damned to hell. It's true. All of us. True. Without God's Word, without the holy revelation, the infallible, inerrant, completely sufficient revelation of Scripture, all of us are anathema. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us. We have no hope. That's right. That's so, right. so that is, uh, and God designed it that way. By the exactly. way, exactly yeah. that was that was his that was his plan from the beginning was that his eternal redemptive plan would be played out historically throughout history, so that so that it would be so that we could know how God is going to deal with people and how He has dealt with people, so that we may look back on what the history says about God's redemption plan, and we can know for sure that he will bring that to pass because he has already. Yep. yep. So, so let me read a passage of Scripture going with what Chris was just saying. Romans 1, uh, we'll start in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed, that's present active, meaning it's, it's being revealed, mm-hmm. from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse, unapologetus. That's general revelation. Right. And by the way, Psalm 19, the first six verses deal with general revelation and natural revelation. Go ahead. So so we have every person has general revelation of God. Mm-hmm. Now, this is why we need Scripture, special revelation, because general revelation is not enough to save us, Correct. but it is enough to condemn us. That's right. And so we need special revelation as revealed in God's Word to know, and we've already talked about it, how salvation works, how we are to come to God and what mm-hmm. Christ did on our behalf in order to reconcile us to the Father. And again, Scripture is clear on, I mean, it, it lays everything out that we need as far as our sanctification. How are we to worship God? How are we to live? How are we to, to, to what, what are we to do with this life that we have? How are we, how are we to proclaim the gospel? How are we to witness to the lost? How are we to live with the struggles of still living in a fallen world? All of that, everything we need. And that's, that, that's clear. Colossians 3. 16 and 17, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In verse 17, and let whatever you do, 
whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. How do we know what those things are without without Scripture? Yeah, so so that saying, I'm not going to name names, but I heard from a guy who, who was a preacher that wrote a foreword to a Martin Lloyd-Jones book. Just going to say that. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. He wrote a book about the, or forward to a book that the doctor wrote. That's right. And then, and then later he said that? Yes. He said this. He was in the Holy Ghost movie that Darren Wilson put out. I haven't seen that yet. Mm. Okay. Well, he's in there. Interesting. And yeah, he's, he said that. Got any other sayings? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I hear this one often. That's your interpretation. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's only one interpretation of the Bible. Thank you. That's right. I mean, there the, the Bible's not up for interpretation. That's right. No. Um, now, <clears throat> now, s- do, now do I? Let me let me let me say this. My interpretation is flawed. Mm-hmm. I I guarantee you. I I need to sit here and tell you, tell everyone that. I do not have an infallible interpretation of the Bible. Correct. I, I, do, I do not know what the exact... Ver- I do not know... No one person has an exact, perfect interpretation of what Scripture says. There is no one. There is no one. But, but that goes back to being, a, a, to, uh, being careful in what you hear, right? To, to studying and to... Uh, when you have opportunity to 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 learn and and use uh, original languages to to do that, and um, I think it's uh, I think that's a, I think that's a huge thing. And um, but we we do have to say that none of us have an, a, a perfect interpretation of the Bible. But that doesn't mean that there are multiple interpretations no, of the Bible. No, there's one interpretation, and, and I think I think what a lot of times end up people end up doing is when they say that they they just don't know the difference between interpretation and application. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, right. I, I think it may because be a little bit of an ignorant is, statement. There's passages where you can apply them in oh, many sure. different ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately, there's one interpretation, and there has to be one interpretation because Scripture has to. Uh, be consistent with itself. That's right. It can't contradict. Mm-hmm. Right. It's got There's got to be consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is why textual textual variance and textual critical work is important. Yeah. I mean, it's it's important to it's important for Christians to not be scared of you know some this this passage this having having this word be a little different in this version or this version i mean it's it's not something that we should be that we should be scared of it, it because you know there is there is one right interpretation and and we we still know the overall like i said earlier we know the overall arc of redemptive history and what god is doing that's right and the the problem with saying that's your interpretation is ultimately that's falling back on relativism. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be, because if, if you're just saying if if someone gets mad at me by saying, "Well, that's your interpretation." Well, then why are you mad? Mm-hmm. If that's just my interpretation yeah, and you, you got your interpretation, mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay. Why well, why why are you upset? But ultimately, <clears throat> you have to have a standard of truth. 
Well, that's the. I mean, I think that's the impact. I think that's the impact of our our, our current culture uh, impacting believers. I mean, I think that's. I think that's the way that that people who are not grounded in God's word, uh, well, who who are not studying it, I think that that's where the culture impacts them mm-hmm. greatly. Is is they hear they hear people saying, "Oh, well, you know, homosexuality in Romans one just really means pederasty." Well, and it's like, well, no, it means a man. With a man is what it says. Because if, if you keep reading, they yeah. burned in their lust for one another. one another, right? For one another, but or or you know, First Corinthians or wherever you know. I don't want to. I don't want to just pick pick on that one particular sin, but um, but that's that's a sin that's in our culture that the church is giving uh, the church is giving into, and it's it's because the, it's because people are saying, oh well, you know, that's just your interpretation, or oh well, back then you know, pederasty was this was this problem, and so they got to be re- it's got to be. Re- referring to pederasty or, or whatever it is. And so um, I, I think that that's an, I think that's the impact of our current culture because uh, our current culture has no uh, objective, has no moral objective. Our current cu- culture is what, it, what, what, what is right for me might not be right for you, even when it comes to the Bible. And, well, and, and look, that's just infiltrating that way. Look at what's going on with social, just, social justice right now. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a prime example of a couple of things. Number one, an improper hermeneutic. Uh, n- number two, um, the effects of culture on the sufficiency and interpretation of Scripture. People saying that 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 social justice, as far as race relations, should be equal to the gospel. Yeah. No. Anyway, we're not. I mean, not going to get into no, all that, but yeah, it, I mean, that's an it, example. But yeah, it, it's it, it is it's it's a great example, uh, and um, but but I think that the culture right now is impacting the authority of Scripture uh, more than it has than mm. I can than I can remember, um, because uh, because people are people that are quote unquote scholars. Are going back and literally rewriting some of the Old Testament texts regarding some of these issues, where 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 you have where you have uh, textual critics or scholars th- that are Hebrew scholars that are going back and doing uh, Hebrew t- textual gymnastics. When it comes to like Leviticus eighteen and, and nineteen and twenty, mm. when it and they're saying, oh well, actually, if you kind of change this in this word a little bit here, it actually means that homosexuality is great and that we should all love it. And so the Bible is actually teaching that homosexuality is a good thing. Mm. And 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 it's and it seems like the Pharisees did that with divorce. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, another example. I mean, look at look. Okay, look at the TNIV. Okay, uh, the TNIV, which is published by Zondervan, takes out all gender variances. Gender neutral. Gender neutral. And they did that because of the feminist movement. Exactly. It and now, yeah. we were just illuminated to this recently, the Queen James version of the Bible. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't even that doesn't even deserve a, a response. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not even. The, I mean, I would say that that's not even a Bible. I mean, I no. haven't. I haven't read it, but I mean, that's that's not a Bible. It's like saying that the message is a Bible. I mean, that really <laughs> that's on the level of 
uh, the New World translation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just make, just make, yeah. make it, make just it. Just take, take yeah. out what you want, change yeah. what you want. Thomas it, Jefferson Bible. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You just you make it, make it, make it mean whatever you want, and 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 any anybody and and that people the some of these some of these scholars and the uh, these academics they know just enough to really be dangerous. Yeah. They, most of these scholars can't sit down and teach Hebrew to someone. Most of these scholars, what they do is they took a they took a couple Hebrew classes, and you know maybe they maybe they got through like second or third year Hebrew, and now they think, oh, well, I'm going to go back into the Bible and I'm going to see where the original Hebrew got it wrong. I'm going to get me a Hebrew text and I'm going to go and I'm going to see where they got it wrong because I know better than than anybody now, you know. And so, um, and they they know just enough to where they can tw- tweak something. Well, and tweak a little bit of this, and now you have something that means the compl- not even not even just a half truth. Taking a truth in scripture mm-hmm. and actually making it mean the exact opposite of what it actually says. Yep. Well, and, and ultimately, God will will not allow that to happen. And we have to remember that as far as interpretation goes, scripture interprets itself. That's right. Scripture interprets scripture. That's right. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is what and who interprets scripture. That's right. Um, Thomas Watson said a diamond can only cut a diamond. That's right. So. That's exactly right. Um, you got any more fun sayings? No, I don't. That was the only th- three that I had. Well, well, those were uh, those were some those were some good ones. I mean, yeah. they're they're the most popular that we hear the mm. most often. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're they're ones that I hear um, in dealing with friends who are in charismatic movement, mm-hmm. right? That's your interpretation. Mm-hmm. Well, th- I mean, that's also what I hear from other people who are very close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your interpretation. Well, mm-hmm. if it's just a matter of interpretation and that, and you're falling back on relativism, ultimately we can't know what Scripture says yeah. because we can't know what's true and what's not. Yeah. So if God has revealed himself, then he, he has been clear in how he reveals himself. Mm-hmm. And so we we must search diligently using a proper hermeneutic, using context, right? Because these books and these letters yeah, were written to, yeah. to a specific people yep. at a specific time in a specific area dealing with specific issues, but the... The overarching theme, the common theme, is the sovereignty and the glory of God, mm. and the common thread running all throughout Scripture is Christ. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that and 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 that's the 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 society is not going to slow down on this either. Oh no! I mean, oh the, no, the, no, the, no! I mean, the society, our our current our current landscape is is they're not going they're they're not stopping for anything. No, I mean they're 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 I mean they are not stopping for anything. I mean they want they want babies to be born and for you to be able to uh, to to murder that child after it's already been born. I mean they this is this is where we're going in our society and um th- this is this is where things are going. Uh, we're gonna have a socialist president. Within the next couple of oh, yeah. within, yeah. within the oh, next yeah. couple of terms, yeah. I mean, if you if you th- and probably one that maybe even claims to be a Christian, who knows? You know, and and this is this is where our society is going, and there's no stopping it. And and it's important that we as Christians are aware that this is going on because we're going to get hit right smack in the face with yeah. it. And, and it's going to be people within the church who allow it to take place. That's right, yep. because 
because they're not holding to the sufficiency of scripture. That's right. Because exactly. you're going to have, just like you said, you're going to have, we're going to have a socialist. It's only a matter of time. That's right. Before we have a socialist president, that's that's going to say, um, it, if you speak out against homosexuality, you're going to jail. You mm. know why? Because Jesus never spoke out against homosexuality. That's right. Well, mm. okay. Well, Jesus never spoke out against rape either. Are you saying now that's going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, we if you don't. If you don't support women who offer up their babies on the altar of Moloch, well, you're going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Well, you know why? Because Jesus never said anything about abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only a matter of time mm-hmm. because right. we we've so gotten so far away from Scripture. Yeah, in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. It's. I mean, uh, there there is no. There is no more objective truth in in society. There is no more holding fast uh, to what God has said. And there, I mean, it's um, it's it's not going to stop, and um, it, it's it's not going to stop anywhere. It, it's I mean, it's we're we're going to have people, uh, we're going to have child molesters mm-hmm. that come out and say, "Hey, I think I'm being discriminated discriminated against, against yeah. because." I like children, and if you and and that's it, and that's a problem, and the the secular society is gonna what 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 moral what moral objective do you have to stand on to say no to that? Right. What it what you don't you have no you have no moral objective. It's already happening because now they're starting to say that's a mental disorder. Yeah. Yeah. It's already happening in courts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that being said. Let me read some scripture. Please. Where are you? First Peter. I'm going to be in First Peter, and then I'm going to flip over to Second Peter, and then Second Peter again. And I will uh, I will call out when I when I change what the address so that people can follow along. So turn in your Bibles, as the doctor would say. I'd like to call your attention to First Peter, chapter one, starting in verse fourteen. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in, the la- in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. 
The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Chapter 2, verse, just three verses here real quick. And then we're going to flip over to Second Peter. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were there with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's interpretation or experience. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but by men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Last thing, 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. And this kind of just puts a period and exclamation point on what we just talked about. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. 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 I think that's a good place to stop this episode. It's going to be a long one, but definitely necessary. So we hope that this episode has blessed you. We hope that it drives you to the scriptures, to know more of the scriptures, uh, and search for God and the scriptures and and what he has revealed. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Amen. So go in peace. Be blessed. We love you. Go in his grace. Be blessed. Good day.